Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the L Rambles podcast. Today is Tuesday, February 20th, and today we are going to be talking about binge eating. We told you guys this on the podcast from last week, which was a competition-based podcast, so this week is a general lifestyle and health podcast, and we're talking about binge eating. We This is a topic that is highly, highly requested, and there's a lot of juicy stuff in here for you guys to listen to, think about, and take away if you are someone who struggles with binge eating, or maybe you just know someone who struggles and you're trying to understand a little bit more. So, we're just gonna hop right into it. I've got my co-host here, Jules. Hi, everyone. Hi, Elle. Hello. And not like we haven't already been talking for 33 minutes before this started, but we, you know, we hit record because we were ready to fill you guys, you know, speak into your ears, all of this stuff on binge eating. So one thing that I just want to say, um, before you listen to this, and this is our disclaimer that if you're listening to this and you need some help, please seek help elsewhere. Um, don't just seek help from an online coach. Um, you, you know, we'll, we'll give you some resources, but if you need help with any sort of disordered eating, um, please go out there and get, get some help. So without further ado, I guess we'll just jump into it. We'll just jump right into it. No, I'm glad that you uh, brought up the topic about uh, reaching out. And one thing I just want to mention as a a dietitian through the years and as a health and fitness coach uh, in many different venues, myself in private practice with a doctor, um, a medical practice, as well as um, in health education situations, uh, binge eating is something that is a reality out there. And I think that, you know, we'll talk about many different things. And I think that uh, social social stigma about it has changed the years. And there is nothing to be ashamed about if you feel you're struggling or you know somebody who is struggling. So uh, there are many resources. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit of like a taboo topic too. And I think that people have opened up a lot more about it, but it's definitely one of those things that people aren't waving their hands and jumping up and down saying, Hey, I'm a binge eater. Like it's not something that people are associating with any sort of pride or, you know, it's something that is people feel a lot of shame and embarrassment about. And so, um, and they feel a little trapped. And so that's why not only are we going to try and educate you on what to do, you know, before, during, after, and after a binge, um, but also mentally kind of how to take yourself out of the situation so you can take care of yourself and so you don't feel that shame or embarrassment. Um, and that opens you up to ask for help um, because it's a it's a topic that, like we said, is, you know, people are talking about it more, but it's not easy to discuss. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important to realize that having an open and frank conversation, you do hear about a lot of people after they've struggled, or maybe some people do share their journey. So, um, but everybody is different as well. Yeah. So basically one of the biggest 
things about binge eating is I guess how we classify it. And a lot of times, and I think now that it has become a little bit more talked about, that people are saying that they binge eat and it's kind of like a joke or, you know, you'll see it in a meme or, um, you know, people are, are talking about it like, yeah, I binged or they're saying this and that. And it's like, okay, so we have to determine, there has to be a a line between binge eating and overeating or binge eating and just enjoying yourself a little bit too much one night or on Christmas day or whenever you you do have a, a, a big surplus of food at one point. So how do we classify a binge? What, how do we determine what is really a binge and what is just enjoying delicious food? So before we talk about what you know, how we personally classify it just as human beings and as coaches. Um, I'm a psychology student right now. And like Jules mentioned, she uh, was a registered dietitian and she has a master's degree in what is it? Nutritional sciences, nutritional sciences and clinical dietetics. Exactly. And so my passion is in the psychology um, and in the mind aspect of it. And you get Jules's insight on uh, the nutritional aspect um, and really what it does physically to our bodies. Um, So before we discuss our own personal kind of gatherings, um, Jules did actually uh, bring up for you guys the uh, DSM-5, American Psychiatric Association, uh, basically diagnostic criteria for binge eating. And so I'm going to let her dive into those five um, things that Basically, if you are, you know, needing to seek help or you're you're considering getting help, how do you really know if this is something that you need help with? So I'm going to turn it over to her because um, she'll be able to explain that to you guys. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, delve into this because this comes up often, as I said, that people will, um, you know, they'll share the information. And especially as a dietitian, as working with people, a lot of times people we will uncover in their, you know, in their in their day to day or in while they're pursuing activities to improve their health, um, topics will come up and they will talk about binge eating and they'll have a binge episode. And so it's important for people to understand um when the term binge uh, is applied to a real binge eating disorder, um, it may be different from a disordered eating pattern. So the diagnostic, and I'm going to actually read this because the wording of it is important. And so you can Google this, you can find this on, you know, mayoclinic.com and all all sorts of different places. But the first, um, important thing is that a uh, binge eating disorder, part of the diagnosis is a recurrent episode of eating an abnormally large amount of food. Um, Also feeling a lack of control during binging, such as how much you're eating and whether or not you can stop eating. So that feeling of loss of control during the episode. Binge eating that is is associated with at least three factors, and there's a whole list of these. So this is how the diagnosis um, would be made is if it was associated with at least three of the factors. Eating rapidly, eating until you're uncomfortably full, eating large amounts when you're not hungry, eating uh, eating alone but out of embarrassment or feeling disgusted, depressed, or guilty after eating. Also having concern about your binge eating. Uh, e- yeah, just to 
just to touch on that, so it's actually a diagnostic criteria of being concerned about your binge eating. So if you're sitting here listening to this because you are concerned about your binge eating habits, that is a criteria for possibly having binge eating disorder. So even just being concerned yourself about the habits is criteria enough to seek help from Absolutely. a higher level. Sorry. Absolutely. I didn't no, and you. no, that's, that's, yes, I was, I was going to mention that at the end, just the okay. last two quick little things was, um, binge eating at least once a week for at least three months. So it's an, ex- it's over a period of time. Right. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a one-time thing. That's right. Um, and it has to happen on a, a recurring basis. Also binge eating that's not associated with purging, um, such as, you know, self-induced vomiting or other compensation behaviors such as exercise, excessive exercise or laxative use. So binge eating disorder is not associated with those other activities. That then goes into a different diagnosis. Right. So that's when you're getting into a binge purging. Correct. Right. And today we're not going to talk on the the purging. We're going to talk mostly about the habits uh, associated with the binge eating um the difficulty with you know when you read the diagnostic criteria if we're out here listening to us talk about it and we start to think about it you know most of us at one time or another have had what we would say that binge that that episode of eating until we were uncomfortably full or excessively or feeling that you really almost couldn't stop but i think then what you have to look at is what other characteristics are starting to affect your life. And I think that's what goes from um, these one-time events to turning it into a, all of a sudden it becomes a struggle. And I think most of the time when people talk about it with at least with me as that dietitian situation or as a health coach, it is usually because, as I'll mentioned, it's something because they've, they're concerned about it or they're having guilt association with it. You know, it starts to get a little more complicated. So, um, so whereas this is the diagnostic criteria, there's it so really, much it, yes, it really, it. it really does. So this is where I think it becomes a little complicated. Um, and so we're not going to delve into that on this podcast, but we're going to talk about the the actual binge episodes in terms of the things that we're commonly asked in in terms of like how you know what do we do when yeah. a binge happens. So let's so I want to talk about overeating for a minute because I I shared this on Instagram and a lot of times just so you guys know if you're not already following on Instagram pretty much every Tuesday we record these podcasts and either the day before or the day of I basically throw it out there like hey if there's anything that you want me to cover make sure that I talk about or personal experience um, I'll usually put a little teaser about what the topic's going to be and so I did get a couple questions and things this morning on binge eating and a lot of it was people figuring out how to stop a binge before it happened. Um, But I first want to talk about what overeating is. And uh, a common thing that I saw when people were sending me messages was, how do I stop eating a bunch at night after 
not eating a lot all day. And so my response actually to them, I was able to respond back to a few people was, okay, so why aren't you eating during the day? Are you not hungry or are you just busy? And uh, (laughs) they joked, okay, I'm always hungry, but I'm busy. So how do we figure out a way for someone not to overeat at night, which may be a seem like it's a binge because it does feel like this kind of uncontrollable hunger. But like we talked about in the diagnostic criteria is that a lot of time the binge eating doesn't come from actual physical hunger um, for it to be classified as true, I guess, or binge eating disorder, I guess um, that's what the, the, uh, the diagnostic criteria is for. But it's Are you overeating because you physically just need fuel and calories or are you binging? Um, And so pretty much to dive into the overeating is that if you're spacing out your meals throughout the day and you're eating enough throughout the day, the overeating likely will not be happening at night. Um, So, I mean, that's just one thing is that the binge eating is, is severe and it's serious and it makes you feel... Um, inferior and it makes you feel small and like uh, there's like a black cloud around you and overeating is just eating a lot Um, and maybe more than you quote unquote should um, but if it's hunger driven it's usually not as much binge eating. And I do think also uh, having a little understanding, maybe a little clarification too for people when they are starting to think about you know it may be that they're uh, restricting a lot through the day and they feel that they are eating excessive because they're actually hungry and maybe they set parameters for themselves to eat a certain amount but they eat more than that and so then they go beyond that but maybe it is not to the point where it really would fall into all those other criteria but it's more than they intended and so sometimes people say well I binged and you know they ate half a bag of you know lettuce but it's more than they intended intended and maybe it made them feel uncomfortably full but there I just want to throw this in there because this often um, comes up when people talk about intermittent fasting and I do run into a little bit of a a philosophical um, I guess struggle because sometimes people will say well I'm only going to eat uh, for six hours a day, but they, you know, eat as much as they can. So is that so? Dog I do. I'm trying, oh my I goodness! Do. I'm trying to get her to not you snore. You should. You you should just give her a little nudge, like, hey, girl, I've been deep, kicking her. Deep sleep at two thirty underneath. I was like, what? What is going on? I I'm, I'm like trying to keep kicking her, and Don't she's kick her. just. Well, she's not stopping. Ew, we're, we're I'm not gonna, kicking her. I'm just nudging. We're just gonna take her. a little pause while she. Um, stops the dog from snoring just so because it's very loud (laughs) sorry guys um but so 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 the so the intermittent fasting when people you know put that they say i'm only going to eat for those six hours and they you know they consume a large amount of food but that's their intent is that a binge or is that not a binge the difference is how they feel about it and the sort of the the psychological factor of it the psychological aspects of it are huge because if you I know tons of people that eat a lot in one sitting but their their relationship with food is perfect they are completely fine and so it's if if you don't associate it with it being a negative thing and it's just kind of like how you eat because some people 
like to eat a lot at once and then they don't eat for the rest of the day because maybe they're busy. But if they're not associating it with, oh, why did I do that? I, you know, I ate too much here or it was uncontrollable. So there's that big difference between control and uncontrol and uncontrollable. So it's a binge is that uncontrollable factor in the eating. And, and I think the sense of the guilt, Yes, that's, that's huge. And how does it make you, make you feel when you're either in the act of it um, as well as, you know, post binge um, or post food consumption, whether it is excessive or not, because there are some people who just might even eat a small amount of food, food and, and have food guilt. Yeah. So uh, I do think that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother topic. Other. But for some people, another. they perceive that as a binge. Yeah. Um, but I do think we, you know, once we start to say, okay, maybe it really is, you know, a, a binge, but you have to look into potentially why, yeah. why are you doing this? And we have to start to really look up into the reasons why it's going on. You know, for some people, we talked a little bit, you know, a few minutes ago about this sort of um, restriction that we put on our ourselves. So if people are trying to diet um, or manipulate their food being restrictive, whether in calories or maybe even just saying, I'm not going to eat any sugar or, you know, it's, it's, um, I almost feel like as soon as you tell somebody don't eat sugar, what do they do? Their brain goes, I want sugar. I want sugar. So instead of saying like no sugar, you know, because their brain will will say, well, I can't have it. So that restriction, um, is, is imposed upon them, whether it's self-imposed or maybe it's part of, you know, some wacky diet they're on. And then all of a sudden when they go ahead and they have it, that it, it almost opens the floodgates and they can't stop or they start to have these associations, you know, I'd say definitely one of the biggest factors is having your calories too low. I don't I I know that it can happen. People can definitely struggle with binging even if their calories are high enough, but I know the majority of people that at least I've encountered and I've talked to are struggling with binge eating when they're trying to diet and they're trying to restrict in one form or another and Truthfully, a lot of that is a physiological response to you are starving me. You are you're you're not feeding me enough and I need more food. I need more calories. And so, you know, it, it's it can be coupled with a bunch of different reasons which we're going to go over in a minute. Um but a lot of times it is, okay, are your calories too low? So, if you are struggling with binge eating and that's the hardest part because a lot of people that are struggling with binge eating are are monitoring or restricting calories in a way because they have goals of changing their body composition whether it's for health reasons uh, or physical reasons or a combination of the two um so it's hard to say okay well you need to increase your calories and then they're like but but i'm not happy with my current physique or my blood work came back and it needs to make a change so how do you deal with that 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 goal of your you know your fat loss or your weight loss um and then also stop yourself from binge eating um, or feeling the need to overeat. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting because I've, you know, had many, many people come to, um, to me and say, you know, I've been told by, you know, 
my doctor or by, you know, somebody who was telling me how to manipulate my nutrition to stay away from X, Y, and Z foods. And I, and, and then they'll turn around and say, okay, but then I go ahead and I binge on them. So, you know, a very common one I'm hearing about is gluten, you know, they've been told to go gluten free. So then they deprive themselves of all the gluten foods, but what do they binge on? The gluten free, right? And so, well, or they'll eat. No, they will then go ahead and actually binge on the gluten foods. And so, they're because they've been told the the you know to stay away from it. It's like it just flips a switch. Yeah, it's like if you tell a kid don't press the button, they're gonna be like, "What the button do? What happens (laughs) if I press the button? Exactly, I'm totally gonna press that button." Exactly, it's it is, and and that happens with pretty much everything in life because we're curious beings and we we pretty much want what we don't have it's like anytime you talk to a, a friend a friend of yours you're like oh my god i wish i had your butt or i wish i had your arms and they're like oh my god i wish i had your calves and i wish i had your forearms i like y- you just want what you don't have no matter how yeah. unrealistic it is to to have it um yeah. so you know and it's tough because you have to find that middle ground and so for you know our approach to and this is just you know, Jules and I, um, our approach with our coaching is that, you know, this is no bullshit. Like this is, we're trying to help you live an overall healthier lifestyle. So as much as you don't want to hear it, we're not going to put your calories super low because you have body fat to lose. That's not what we're here for. And other people, unfortunately, there's not regulation. Other people will do that for you if you pay them. Um, but if you don't want to binge eat, then there has to be, something's got to give. And a lot of times it's patience and consistency at a moderate level that's more sustainable. So I'm, I'm annoying with the sustainability and consistency and what is manageable and, and moderation and how, how can you, you know, live a life without restriction? Mm -hmm. Um, and Jules is the same, is the same way. Um, And I'm, I'm very, very adamant about not knocking out whole categories of food, you know, so when, 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 (laughs) yeah, when I hear people who say, Oh, you know, I can't eat, you know, these foods, and I'll say why, you know, and, and they, and somebody will say, well, you know, I was told blah, blah, blah. So, you know, my feeling is for you to develop a better relationship with food, with everything, with everything, but you know, with food is to realize that, you know, there should be no restrictions on foods unless you physically can't tolerate them or if you have an allergy, but you have to have that you have to realize and respect all foods that you can't have an unlimited amount. So it has to be this approach that it is not an all or nothing. And I think that's where it's really hard to reset your brain. If you have been telling yourself all along, certain foods are terrible for you, or, you know, it's, it's, it's not you'll never get to your goal if you keep eating this it's like well we can't it's not as black and white as that so you know in terms of other things just you know focusing in on other binge stressors um stress and and we do know that when you know sleep is or you know life events all those things affect our stress and you may not walk around feeling stressed but often the whole that whole sort of underlying stress can drop your resilience to making decisions that are going to keep you feeling good and, 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 and the behaviors that are going to follow through. So, but sometimes you're in the midst of it and you don't know why. And all of a sudden you find yourself possibly 
reaching for food or too much food, you know, sort of going over the the deep end because of the triggers of stress, you know, and, and being able to identify what it is and how you really should be handling this. I even just right as Jules was bringing up this stress topic, I, I looked down at my phone and I actually just got a message from somebody and uh, responding to my question earlier about, is there anything last minute that you want to know? And they said, uh, what about binge eating in social situations? I know that's not the norm, but social situations actually became my own trigger because I'm really introverted and needed to fill my empty mouth with something. And um, so that goes right along with stress and, and kind of like coping. And so we'll talk about that. Why do you binge? Because it fills a void. And a lot of times that people who... And it's hard because it, just because I say this doesn't mean that if you're suffering from it, you're suffering from this, but people feel uh, emptiness. Maybe it's they don't have enough love in their life or they don't have enough, um, you know, I, I would say a big thing is love, a lot of um, a lot of emptiness in their life. And so they're trying to fill that void that you get that kind of fullness feeling, that physical fullness feeling from either... Um, I just, I don't know why, I just keep going back to love. Like, it, if you feel empty, you use food to cope. Like, it's like a blanket, and it's like a security blanket. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think well, about that? Ab- absolutely. I mean, there's been uh, numerous studies on what happens to in the brain, the the you know, the neurotransmitters that are triggered with love and, and the, you know, and that sense of, of being loved and giving love. And you know, that that's like a whole other topic, but also, you know, what foods that often people will eat as the sort of comfort foods often will trigger the same um, responses, the dopamine and, and, uh, and serotonin responses. And so people will often eat to sort of, um, it, it becomes a physiological effect in their bodies. Um, why do you think people like chocolate? Chocolate does, it does give mm. that same neurotransmitter sensation of, of you know, uh, happiness and be, being loved. And, and, and it is a physiological response. So there's no doubt that people will search out behaviors that will give them different feelings as well as associations. So it becomes complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of glides right into any hormonal influence too, uh, or any, you know, nutrient deficiency or any, any other underlying health reason um, could be a contributor to why you are binge eating. And so obviously we, I pretty much always ask my clients, like, hey, when's the last time you had blood work done? When's the last time you had a physical? Like, are there any things that are going on? Um, Being on top of your health, just in general, like, really taking care of those, like, little things. Okay, are you, you know, eating enough variety? Are you getting all the nutrients you need? Um, Are you staying up to date on, you know, your physical? Do you know what risk factors, you know, or or genetic predispositions that you have from your family. Um, Those are all really important things to know about yourself, Um, you know, because I know some of you guys are are in your early 20s or maybe even in your teens listening to this. Um, So these are things that you should be taking care of as you get older and learning about yourself and your family history. 
and not even, you know, I'm going to add the the older population on there, you know, and especially yeah, for women, you know, as we get into our 30s, 40s and 50s, there's a lot of hormonal changes that go on. And, you know, identifying where you are in, in sort of your, your maturity level physiologically, those things will change over time and, and how you feel energy levels and, and, and triggers those will all have an effect. Another thing that will have an effect um, on the general health and possibly as triggers for emotional stress is sleep. And so many times people will comment about when these, you know, their overeating behavior or their binge eating behavior happens is often around times where they're tired. And even, you know, it's very funny because even people when they are, you know, up on a Saturday night late and maybe they're hungover, maybe they're not, maybe they just are sleep deprived and they do find the weekends. This is a big factor. Why are weekends different from weekdays that not everybody uses the time to catch up on sleep, but they become more sleep deprived because they're socializing or doing activities. And so we do know the more tired you are, the more likely your body is trying to write itself hormonally, um, you know, your neuro neurological system. And often we do that with feeding ourselves. So sleep is also one thing that we do need to keep in the perspective. For yeah, I know I'm the, I'm the type of person because I like my sleep. I like my eight plus hours of sleep a night. If I get like, if I get 10, that's too much for me, but I, I need my eight hours. So, you know, I have a shut off time at night and I have a, an alarm that goes off in the morning and I try to keep on a pretty regular schedule, but I know that on days where I'm, I have to get up super early or I just had a, a not so great night of sleep, I feel almost hungover. And you, you really do feel this like fogginess. And so when you're not sleeping great, you're definitely more hungry. And I'm Absolutely. sure a lot of you guys are just saying, mm-hmm, yeah, like, oh yeah, on my longer work days, you know, I'm definitely hungrier. And so this even, to even touch on this and this is kind of unrelated, but it's like if you have a longer work day or you have, you get less sleep someday, sometimes it's smart to already program in having a little bit more food that day and being like, hey, it's okay. You're up longer. You're working longer. Your brain is going longer. Your body's going longer. Have some extra fuel. Unrelated. Yes. but uh, Well, but, it, it is. Yeah, and I think related. it goes back to people think that they have to, you know, stop right, and then rules. they're really, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing is that there's so much, there's so much information out there. And so it's really hard for you guys to decipher what to take as truth and take as, okay, that's just what somebody said. And so, you know, our goal as, you know, just putting this information, first of all, out as on the podcast, but also in our, you know, daily jobs as coaches is to help you to make decisions on your own and to help you to, to open up your thought process and to say, okay, so I saw this and I saw that, which one am I going to decide is relevant and, you know, the best, uh, explanation for my life and how do I apply it to my life in the best way? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's our goal. So we're going to, um, so with, with that, we're going to, go into uh we have about six things here uh, six steps what to do after a binge that was a huge topic um was there anything else you wanted to say about why we no binge? i think i know I, I think that that yeah. um yeah that's so good. so there's a couple parts 
uh, of these steps, there's kind of like a physical part, like uh, we're going to talk about what you should actually physically do. Uh, but then there's some emotional and mental steps that you'll want to go through after a binge because we all know that it can kind of come on just like that, snapping my fingers. Like it can come on pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, in this tornado of emotions and then your actions. Um, and then all of a sudden it's over and you're left feeling kind of helpless. And you're like, okay, well, shoot, what do I do now? And how do I stop this cycle? So um, the first thing that I suggest that you do after a binge is drink a little water, hydrate yourself. You've just had this massive influx of calories um, very quickly. Uh, so hydrate yourself. Um, you know, you're probably going to be extremely full, um, but just to get a little bit of hydration and you'll start to feel a little bit better. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I think one of the big things that um, I address with people is that you really have to remove yourself from the situation, you know, a change, a change of scenery, um, think about where, you know, where is this binge happening and, and removing yourself from that location. Um, and you know, people will want to say, I want to have a reset and, and how do I reset? It's like the best thing is just to get out, get out, you know, yeah. uh, just, I hate to say it, but it's just sort of, you know, flip that switch, yeah. move out, you know, walk yeah, out the door, in, go, go into, into another room, you know, rooms. Yeah. yeah, you know, take a shower, it, change your clothes, um, kind of rid yourself of, of the feeling that, um, you know, after you did have the binge, because it's a fact, you know, it's not like you're not just going to listen to this podcast. And if you have struggled with this, it's not like you're, I mean, we'd love it if you were just like cold turkey, it never, ever happened again. But the reality is, if this is something that you struggle with, and you're finding that it's happening quite often, it may not be the last time. And so this is, you know, and not to talk about it, like, to be pessimists about it, like, we don't believe in you. But it's like, if it does happen, we have to learn to, um, what to do next and how to get try to, how to try to get out of that cycle. And a lot of, you know, if you go on and you start to learn a little bit more about um, binge eating disorders and sort of not even just sort of uh, disordered eating patterns, it a lot of it is based on behavioral change. And so the, the sooner you get in the habit of changing your behavior and the more often that you can repeat the change in behavior for the, you know, moving in the direction you want to move into, you know, to stop the binge, um, is it will help you to come up with a routine that will help you stop the binge sooner. Cause that's what something yeah. I hear a lot is, you know, once I got started, I couldn't stop. I have to figure out how do I stop it? But so if you start the behavior right after, you know, you're, the binge is done, you say, okay, I'm going to go brush my teeth. I'm going to take a shower, change up my clothes, get out of the go house, walk, yeah. things like that. Um, call a friend. If you start to do those behaviors, they will become a little more automated so that you might, and the goal is to, to learn Cancel how to stop it. That's yeah. right. So once you start the behavior, say, okay, normally when, you know, when I'm done with my binge, I brush my teeth, take a shower, call a friend. Maybe you say, okay, I'm about to start it or I'm in the middle of the binge. I, I go, go brush, brush my teeth, teeth take yeah. a shower call a friend. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I look, I think of it as almost like when you wake up in the morning, it's a fresh start. And a lot of times this is why people on Monday morning, they're so ready to go because they've picked up that habit of Monday morning, they're ready to go. So yeah. you almost have to pick up and say, 
this is my Monday morning after a binge and I'm right. ready to move on. And so the even, sooner that you replicate yeah, that, and even, the better you'll get at it. Not even just the next day. So we, we all know that, you know, after Absolutely, the weekend, right. Monday morning, it's not just the next day. It's the next second. It's the next Absolutely. minute. It's the next meal. And so our next tip is to go on about your normal day or night. You eat normally. Um, and that this was a big question. Like, so somebody asked, okay, so say I binge eat in the morning. Um, how do I stop myself from binge eating later on in the day? And do I restrict since I've had all my calories in the morning? Or do I go on and eat my normal meals? And right away, immediately, my response is, go about your normal day. Um, it's very likely that you will not be hungry if you've had, like I said before, a huge influx of calories. Um, but you're not going to be hungry. But that's but if you don't eat, this is how the cycle continues. So if you restrict again later on in the day, you're going to wake up in the morning and you're probably going to binge again. Um and so breaking that cycle, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, you have to just snap right out of it and you go about your normal day. Um, and you don't have to stuff yourself with all your, say you planned your calories for the day. You don't have to overeat later in the day just because you have to get the calories in. But you do have to sit down for the meal as yeah. you normally would. And even if you just eat a portion of it right, and you pack the it. portion up and say, okay, that I'm going to have later. And, but it is, again, it is, it is hitting that reset button. And, and the, the more often you hit that reset button, literally your body will snap into it faster. And that's, that's a very critical thing for, for prevention that you, that it's like the same thing. If you always, when you're feeling down in the dumps, you're always going for the same thing that is not necessarily the positive or the the, the uh, forward movement, but it's something that's holding you in your place. If you can switch it to a forward movement activity, then your brain will learn that. And, and you, you might have to remind yourself, you might have to like write it on a post-it or, you know, call your accountability friend and have them remind you that this is what you need to do until you can get that, you know, in your own, you your own to, mind. That's what has to be yeah, done. You have to work it like a muscle. And this is something that I learned when I started to really play with the idea of self-love was that you will never... F- Oh, you will never have self-love every day unless you work on it. So unless you wake up in the morning and when you put on your clothes and when you look in the mirror and when you walk down the street, you you are telling yourself like, I'm kick-ass, I'm awesome, I have confidence, I'm great. If you don't do that stuff, then it won't happen. So it's the same thing with the binge eating. If you don't try and you don't work on it and you don't consciously say, okay, like, oh, whoa, I almost binged. Like, I need to stop it. You won't get better. Yeah. And I do think that it is, again, it goes with how you talk to yourself and the guilt Mm -hmm. after doing something. And say you might be in a situation where you are binging, but you stop the binge. You do the whole, whatever your routine is to get you to stop the binge. Instead of thinking, well, I'm going to go down the path of guilt, go down the path of I successfully stopped. Yeah. Or I, I did this, this and this and this got me to move forward. And and again, it is, you know, I hate to say it, but when people, well, I shouldn't say it, I hate to say it, but this is when somebody says, what do I do after my binge? I say, pack it up. It's the past. Take from that what you learned and then move on. It's done. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't 
change what happened in the past. Yeah. You can only change how you perceive it and move forward with yeah. it. And so in, you know, learning how to embrace that, um, is, is vital. It's part of what, how to move on. I, I will say that this even applies to when clients check in with me and the goal of checking in with me is not that you should hit your macros a hundred percent and hit every single workout every time. The goal is for them to say, okay, so we went out Friday night. I went to a Mexican restaurant and I had, you know, I ordered my, you know, chicken and whatever. I didn't, I had this amount of rice. It was probably in my calorie goal. But then they brought out extra nachos and guacamole. This is, guys, just, this is me envisioning eating uh, Mexican food right now, by the way, because that sounds delicious. But anyway, um, you know, they brought out that and I had a little bit, but I stopped. So, and that, and you want to know what I do when my client tells me that? I freaking throw my hands up in the air and I say, that is what this is about. Those habit changes. It's not about following a plan to a T, okay? If, if I, if. If someone was telling you, you have to do this, um, then you would do it. But that's not the way that the world works. It's not the way that that the real world works, I'll say. Um, you have to be able to have situations happen to you and then respond to them accordingly based on your habits and behaviors that you have learned. So, so that goes into this binge eating is that you have to have that you have to you know flex that muscle that is stopping and controlling in a situation that at other times has controlled you absolutely you know and again it goes down to what your mindset is as you're coming out of out of that binge but also that mindset and learning how to flex that you know that mindset flex that muscle um that brain, brain. to yeah. to really identify that then going into the situations as somebody had mentioned in their comment about the social situation that they can start to get their themselves psychologically and and emotionally ready for the the situations that may be difficult for them so that they know and and I I talk about this with a lot of the clients um, that we work with and I say you know state what your intentions are and and be clear to yourself, whether you, you know, say them to yourself or write them down. And then, you know, and this can be broken down to what are my intentions when I get home from work this afternoon. But be really clear if that's a difficult time of the day, my intentions are to, you know, stop at the store, pick up the food I need for dinner, go home and eat, uh, you know, clean my closet and then, you know, watch Netflix and get into bed. Be very clear about the tasks that you're going to do. And then as soon as you're done with each one, celebrate your successes. Say, hey, you know what I did? I went to the grocery store. I only picked up the food that I needed. I got home. I ate my meal that I was planning. You know, I and so this way you are setting yourself up for success along the way. And I think we try to put ourselves and we say, oh, I'm going to go home and I'm not going to overeat. Well, it's like, how about if you just state your intentions and then follow through? And, and I think that that can help you a lot in just really sort of micromanaging how are you going to handle tough situations? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so that we, we dove into the next one, which was to be kind to yourself and kind of leave that guilt at the door. That's kind of like the summary of every little step is, you know, every single time it's, it's leave the guilt at the door, shut the door, lock the door, you know, throw your back up against it. Don't let it back in um, and move forward. (laughs) Yeah. Really fumigate it. Get it out. (laughs) Really just, just jump up and down, like to put, put caution tape across it. Like nothing's getting through. Um, And then uh, one thing that we didn't mention, we did talk about uh, eating normally after the fact, we should also be exercising normally. So if you had planned to work out that day, go ahead, go work out. You may have a little extra energy or you may feel a little bit sluggish. Um, Work, move your body in a way that it feels good um, and don't make yourself sick. Uh, But you don't need to over-exercise. And if you had planned a rest day, take a rest day. Okay, go out for a little walk. Just get your body moving and clear your head like we discussed. Um, But don't force yourself to exercise if, you know, it was a planned day off from the gym. um, And get, you know, continue on with your normal cycle. Um, uh, And did you want to add anything about the exercise? No, no, no. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't want to try to overcompensate. Mm -hmm. The last step that we kind of came up with would be that you can't develop a fixed mindset over the situation. So if you're binge eating or you have a binge and you know, you've binged before and it's turned into days and days and days of binging, uh, it's turned into depression or it's turned into then over exercising. Um, if you develop this fixed mindset, which is the idea that because this happened, then this is going to follow. So you can get out of the binge cycle or you can get out of the binge activity and you can even get out of the events that follow this binge. So I want you to repeat to yourself that this time can be different. And if you believe that, okay, yeah, maybe you did binge, what do I do after? Does it need to turn into another day of binging? Does it need to turn into an all or nothing approach? Do I need to stop going to the gym because I have done that in the past? No, this time can be different. And it is so powerful what you allow the mind to do after the binge. You are in complete control about how you're going to handle it after the fact. So if you are able to be kind to yourself, shut that door and move forward, you will be able to transition this fixed mindset into a growth mindset where you can grow from this and say, okay, well, what can I do next and what can I do now? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that is, you know, just uh, another um, another pathway, another way of thinking about that intentions and sort of saying, you know, I, I don't have to be stuck here um, and I don't have to repeat, you know, the mistakes of the past or, or that pattern of the past. And I think that's what a lot of times I do hear from people who kind of get themselves um, caught in this binge behavior. They start to almost identify themselves as a binger. And yeah. and I think when you start to label yourself with a behavior, you're probably going to repeat it. Yeah. So start to shift your mindset from being this behavior. You know, you're not this behavior. You know, this is a, this is an episode. Now, if if it really if you are losing a lot of perspective control, then most certainly you you 
need to investigate more treatments and therapies, and there's so many of them. Um, but if you're struggling with the occasional, and this is what we're talking about, the occasional episode and just being able to write yourself, um, then I think that you uh, try not to go down that little rabbit hole of identifying yourself that, as this behavior. You are not the behavior. That is like brilliant that you just brought that up and I'm so glad that you did because you have to be so careful with the way that you label yourself and the way that you identify yourself. Actually, uh, for anybody, this would, no matter who you are, this would be a great book for you to read. It's called The Untethered Soul by, I believe it's Michael A. Singer and I, I, I'll, I will link it in the show notes if you guys want to check out the book. But in the book, um, he talks about like, who are you? And it's like, okay, so you have to think about this. Like, who am I? Okay, you're not your occupation. You're not somebody's spouse. You're not somebody's, you know, daughter or son or whoever. So how do you even describe who you are? And so, and that just made me think about that is that you are nothing of what you do every day. It's like, it's, and it's kind of like mind blowing. You read the book and I think I had to reread this part in the book like a hundred times because I was like, whoa, wait, what? Who am I? Then how do I describe who I am? And so it, so if you can be able to identify yourself as just like you and not all the things that you do or any mistakes that you have made, that's how you'll truly be able to overcome anything in your life. And so not labeling yourself, uh, you, don't, you, you don't identify with these mistakes or these occurrences in your life, then you're, you'll really be able to grow from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness. We have so, we literally have so much like so much juice in this so, so much meat in this uh, it, podcast um so real, <laughs> real quick i just want to take a short little it's not a break for you guys you're going to keep listening um but i do want to just say that if you are listening to this and you like the podcast please take a little screenshot on your phone right now and upload it to your instagram story and tag both myself and jules because we love to see that you guys are listening and enjoying the podcast um and share it with a friend uh that would even make us you know even happier but but putting it on your stories is the best way to do it um and then also we do have a podcast giveaway going on basically so every week we actually announce um a winner of the uh the weekly podcast basically and if you leave us a review five stars please <laughs> if you leave us a review um five stars in a and a written review screenshot that and send it to our email info at bestfitbody.com we will put you in a little raffle giveaway it's a weekly thing so someone new each week gets you know gets gets chosen basically um and you will win four weeks of training with us so you'll have access to our team best fit body app and your workouts will be loaded there and you will have communication via messenger um, messenger with me during that process so be sure that you're doing that um if you just want to you know want a new training program and and want to have some fun um so uh, i just want to throw that out there. Um, and so we're going to jump back into the last part of this podcast, um, which is uh, two parts on binge eating um, and how to stop it and how to prevent it if you feel it coming on. Um, and then we're going to answer some some last few questions that you guys had for us um, to wrap up the wrap up the podcast. Um, 
Yeah. So I think that yeah, I I did want to just, you know, sort of move into this last little bit here about um, because one of the big questions, well, there's two big questions, um, how to stop the binge when you are in the middle of it. And then also on um, how to how to what to do to prevent um, the binge from starting. So if you feel that it's going on before a binge and then like even if you're actively in it, like you're sitting there in the closet or hiding food from somebody or or whatnot right and and so you know and they they really are pretty much the same thing it's just a matter of when do you initiate this behavior and again it is it it goes back to learning how to um to change the behavior this behavior modification that will take you some time to figure it out and it really honestly is going to be a little bit of a trial and error for each person but you know the common things you hear about and we even mentioned it you know physically take yourself out of the situation that's really very important yeah um, step one I, for how to stop in the middle of the binge take yourself out take of yourself the out of the situation um you know if if you feel the binge coming on then it would be don't put yourself into the situation so if you feel yourself starting to be a little vulnerable think about it is it a particular food that you're going to go for so you know obviously if it's donuts don't bring the donuts into your house mm-hmm. you know if it's going through drive through fast food restaurants you know you may have to really drive yourself someplace else you know um take a go, different route home take from a work different route you're, home yeah. from work that's right you know um so you you know you're you're really going to need to stop yourself literally dead in your tracks, tracks. and catch your breath and figure out a strategy, a plan. This is often when it's really a good idea to possibly have somebody that you trust, that you have in confidence, that you know is going to have your back literally and and call them, maybe a friend, um, a loved one, um, an accountability partner. I know we as coaches, you know, we work with our clients and we, we can be their accountability buddy if they need to reach out to us. I know. Um, I literally say if I have anybody that's struggling with it and it's like, you know, I, I, I have my, my boundaries, which I try to keep up, you know, because you do, <laughs> do want to create those, especially when you work for yourself and you are working with people. Um, but I, if I have somebody that's struggling, I'm like, text me. I'm like, do not yeah. wait until, you know, five days from now to tell me what happened. I'm like, if you feel it, text me. Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of times just even having that like, wow, I have someone that I could text or that I should text or call if I need the help can even prevent you from going down that road because they're like, I don't want to have to call someone after the fact. Like, I exactly. don't want to have to do this. Yeah. Yes, especially while you're trying to learn this new behavior. Yes. And and it really is literally um, a, a new habit that you're forming and that instead of going down the habit of, you know, making a decision that is going to start this pattern of binging and then feeling guilty and all that is that we have to figure out a way you have to figure out a way that you can literally just stop yourself from going down that path or stop yourself from continuing on that. So, you know, sometimes, you know, when people say, well, go for a walk, maybe that's not really going to be um, available to you at certain places or certain times. You know, if you're at work and maybe the candy dish is sitting there and calling you and you're just eating and eating, you know, maybe you can't leave your job, but maybe you can literally hand the candy dish to somebody and say, take these away from me. Um, 
you know, it, so can I just, you know. can I just, <laughs> can I just joke about your sweet tarts? Oh yes, please for do. For a minute. So, so Jules has this like, she likes weird like foods. Weird so food. She likes, she likes weird food. So anyway, she it loves Neckos. So, so I don't know if you guys know what Neckos are because I don't even know if you can buy actual Neckos anywhere, but you can. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, she just loves sweet tarts. And so she, the Valentine's candy was for sale or, or whatnot. And she, basically said to me the other day she was like can I give you all my sweet tarts because she bought these like individual packets of them and I was like no I will not take your sweet tarts and put them above my fridge for you I said you put them put them in the basement so you don't eat them anymore so everybody has these you know they're she in was, my basement and I'm not they are, I saw them. them no I saw <laughs> them but anyway she you know she likes them and and it's not and it it not necessarily wasn't a, a binge, but it's like you a lot of times you really do know the foods that cause these triggers because you just either like them or, you know, or whatever the case is. And so, you know, I was Jules accountability buddy because she was like, hey, I just can't eat these anymore. And I'm like, OK, put them down in the basement. Don't eat them. Um, I can't bring myself you to know, throw them out because exactly. well, <laughs> and because she bought them. And so and so and not to pick on her, but that just was I, I saw them it's in your truth. basement the other day. But like. Even for me, there are certain foods that I can't eat uh, because they are triggers. And, um, you know, when I was in college, I struggled with binge eating. And, and the, the, um, it was my sophomore year of college. And I wasn't eating enough. I was eating strictly clean. I was eating very restrictive. And I was drinking a lot of nights of the week. And so I wouldn't eat pretty much all day or I would eat very limited all day. It was, it was a pretty like green and white diet, I guess you could say. Um, and then I would drink alcohol at night after I had done, I literally have a picture if you go all the way back on my Instagram of like 60 minute like completed arc trainer minutes. Like it was like a collage of three pictures of the arc trainer after I completed 60 minutes of cardio. And I was like, got my 60 minutes of the day done. And I was literally just a little hamster, um, doing a lot of cardio. So on top of all that, and then I would binge eat on popcorn and, and so I would eat the popcorn because I needed that feeling of being full. And then when the popcorn wasn't enough for me, and, and it didn't happen all the time, but it would lead into something else. And so I'm sharing with you guys a very vulnerable thing that I did once deal with it, but I had to learn what my triggers were. And I think a lot of it was stress. I didn't like my situation at school. I didn't like, you know, anything. I wasn't eating enough. I was over-exercising. I was drinking alcohol, which doesn't help. Um, and I was, I was unhappy and I was trying to fill a void. And so <laughs> this is basically kind of describing you know, all of the things. And although I wasn't binging on donuts and, um, you know, cookies and cakes and ice cream, I was still overeating to a point where I was like, wow, I'm full. And it wasn't like a point of, um, I'm actually hungry, which I was hungry. Um, so, so that was what was causing me to eat. Um, but the, the binge eating was happening because I, I really needed to feel full, um, in, in many senses of my life. Yeah. And so. I do think that, you know, especially the emotional part of it, I think a lot of times people um, don't want to admit that they are are feeling vulnerable, lonely, 
sad, um, maybe a little, you know, depressed, um, uh, maybe detached from situations, uh, whether it's relationships or in a relationship that may be struggling or not in a relationship that they wish they were. So I think that there's a lot of life just isn't how you want it to be. And I'll tell you that um, that was the year and about and, and during that process was this was like six months before we started our business. This was like this was this was six months before I realized I am so unhappy doing what I'm doing. And so not to say that I'm glad it happened, but this was really what helped me to identify something was freaking wrong, like something needed to change in my life. And so if you are going through binge eating or any other, you know, really disordered uh exercise habits or eating habits health patterns yeah health patterns anything like that mm. you have to look at those underlying factors and see like okay so what is really causing this and what else can be changed in my life that can get me through this yeah yeah, yeah. i think and that's you know a lot of times that uh it is hard to face up to that you might need to delve into some difficult it may be very freeing or it may be very difficult to delve into some of the areas that might be underlying, you know, the, the, usually the disordered eating patterns and, you know, I'm going to make a a very broad classification, um, are usually signs that something else is going on and looking at that, taking care of your personal self, uh, from, you know, the, the inside out, is important and and so when somebody comes and and you know we talk about it um this often happens and i know this is not a competition talk but a lot of times these things do come up during people's competition preps because it is such an emotional and vulnerable time for a lot of people it does put themselves you know maybe their relationships under spotlights maybe um just where they are happiness not happiness places that often um things are stirred up and i see a lot of this too even in the social media world and so it you know, it can cross all sorts of boundaries and, and don't feel that if you're sitting home and struggling with this, that number one, you're not alone. It happens. But number two, again, going back to you are not defined by your your patterns and choices. Um, you can make that choice to help yourself to, to change things. Yeah, you're not stuck. You're definitely not, definitely not stuck. So I think that we covered here... All of the so just to kind of go over because we did get I got a, a little bit we got of a little story time <laughs> I just got into a little story time about this just because I wanted you to understand that it's it's something that if you've struggled with it once it doesn't mean that it's you're gonna struggle with it for life like we discussed before so just to separate the two um, how to stop in the middle of a binge because it, it you don't have to finish a binge until you're so. Uh, outrageously uncomfortable you can stop yourself in the middle um and then you'll get to the point where you stop yourself sooner and sooner to the point where you're about to put that first bite in your mouth and you know a binge is coming on you can stop it um but really just two factors is to physically take yourself out of the situation um whether it is you know go for a walk but it really is all about changing your behavior um and then the next thing is to really just have a have an accountability buddy or a partner or a friend or someone that you can talk to in confidence um that you know free of judgment that you feel comfortable and safe talking to about it um and then to prevent the binge if you feel it coming on is is pretty much 
those things as well. Um, you want to take yourself out of the situation and, and call that accountability buddy uh, and friend and have a change of scenery. Um, but you do want to be aware of the foods that you binge on, uh, or that are triggers for you. So whether it's food, that's a trigger. So whether it's eating, you know, popcorn or a sweet tart or, or whatnot, um, or it's feeling sad or anxious or stressed or, you know, lack of sleep, um, those are other things that you want to identify, uh, if you, if you feel like, a binge may be coming on because of those things. Um, and then the last thing would really be to eat throughout the day uh, and avoid any restrictive eating or diet or cleanse or any crazy fasting. I know that intermittent fasting is, is kind of a big trend right now and has been over the past few years. Um, and it works for some people but and not for others. But if you find that you are a binge eater, um, <laughs> intermittent fasting, I want to say, is almost sometimes used as a cover-up for those disordered habits like okay well I'm an I'm an intermittent faster so that means that I can binge eat at night but I just have a, I have a label for it so it's not really binge eating um Joel's just shaking her head there yeah like yeah yeah so it's like but, it's, we have to be yeah. very careful about how we uh, back to the labeling to be careful about how you label yourself uh, as something whether you're using it as like a cover-up or like oh I only eat paleo so you can be a restrictive eater Um, uh, you know you just have to be careful there yeah totally I think that covers yeah yeah. that concept for sure so last but not least I know this is like an hour long and I'm sorry guys if it's too long for you Um, (laughs) but I think I think that you guys enjoy the long podcast because a lot of you guys are listening to it during your commute Um, I'd actually love to know if you do leave us a review let let us know where you listen to us yeah, I'd love to know, you know. Where it, where, and yeah. when. What are you yeah. doing when you listen to us? Yeah, because <laughs> literally I take in podcasts and audiobooks a lot. Um, maybe one day we'll have Audible as a sponsor for this podcast. That's my that's, that that's, me about awesome. to, that's me about to manifest this. Okay, it's Tuesday, February 20th, 2018. I'm manifesting having Audible be a, a sponsor for this podcast. So, so we'll see if it happens in the future. Um, but there's a, there were a couple questions um, that uh, I, I think just two of these questions that somebody asked me that we didn't cover. Um, and the first one uh, was kind of a personal question because as most of you guys know, I am intuitive eating after um, basically a whole year of, of uh, relatively restrictive eating or controlled eating just because I was in competition prep. So somebody asked me, how have you maintained intuitive eating and not binge eating when nobody is watching? And so I think that when nobody is watching thing kind of stuck out to me because it made me think about like social media and like what people put out there in the world and what you're really doing behind the scenes. So first of all, in order to maintain, I guess, a healthy relationship with food, I don't do it because other people are watching what I'm doing and I have something to prove to other people like, oh, I've got to be healthy. I mean, I I intuitively eat and I am not binge eating because binge eating and overeating to even go to that point or like eating, you know, eating in private or in, in the closet or <laughs> lying to people about food would not make me feel good. Um, and so to achieve a truly healthy lifestyle, you have to do it for you and you have to do it for the the reasoning 
because you want to be healthier um, and you want to feel good. And so um, in order to maintain the intuitive eating and not the binge eating is that I don't restrict if I'm hungry, I eat. And if I'm not hungry, I don't eat. But it's not like I don't take advantage of the fact that I'm not hungry. So if it's if it's noon and I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry, I don't say, oh, good, I'm just not going to eat till dinner. And that means that I didn't eat calories as if calories are this bad thing. I just push my meal off 30 minutes or 45 minutes or have a smaller meal. And so that's the, the big thing about intuitive eating. And I know a lot of you guys are really curious about how to basically maintain um, that good relationship with food and intuitively eat, but also kind of stay on top of your physique goals. It's like you really just have to want it and you have to stay true to what those kind of like healthy habits that you've learned in the past yeah, I do think that it is something that over time you can move yourself forward into intuitive eating. But I do think that you, number one, need to have a good relationship with your with yourself first. Yes. And a lot of people, again, it goes back to what I said a little bit earlier, that if you're using food to help you with the emotional part or you're letting emotions guide your food choices, then sometimes the this intuitive eating is going to be a discord with what your what your goal what you your physicals maybe if you have physicals it you know if if you say look I'm just going to spend the time learning how to manage and I have clients I've worked with through the the decades that we decide that the physicals are going to take second um, second tier to learning how to appreciate themselves, appreciate the general health and fitness, appreciate how food can be used to be the fuel for your body and your soul. So I do think that you can do it, but you have to, you can't be in this discord with, you have these high end physicals and then you're trying to, and and I think that's where people run into a lot of struggle is that they, their, their mind wants to go down one path, but their physiology is going to go down another path. And it's, you have to choose. Sometimes you have to choose. And I do think that when people start to have those struggles, they need to spend some time sort of resetting their brain with what is really appropriate. And that doesn't mean that they can prioritize and pick one over the other, but that right. the expectations have to be one thing or another. Right. I just you want to throw to... in one Go other ahead. thing about the um, the eating alone. Um, one of the behavior things that we used to use many, many years ago when I was in um, private practice, this doctor, that I, he was an MD and he actually was really good and nutrition was our focus. But he used to talk to his, his clients, our clients, about you know, if you're, if eating alone is difficult for you, then actually watch yourself eating, you know, put a mirror there and watch yourself eating. It sounds really Really? weird, but yeah, it is a weird thing, but you know what it is. If you feel like I can eat anything with nobody watching, all of a sudden if people are watching and maybe that's why some people use this sort of social media, it just made me think about it as to, you know, it's like, if they put it out there, it's like, um, this is what I'm doing and then it holds them accountable. So they're trying yeah. to hold themselves accountable. But if you're really struggling, sometimes you need a little help there. Yeah, but no, well, anyway, I just want to throw that out no, there because that was an point. interesting that's thought interesting. I thought of. No, that is interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I've just never, I've never heard that before. That is interesting. Um, but it's true about having that. And, and I think that that is even when I started my Instagram and it's funny cause I started my Instagram actually about that point 
where I was just getting into that clean eating and I was trying to hold myself accountable for that clean eating. But truthfully, like you'll go back into my feed and you'll only see the clean eating. You won't see like, oh, I just, you know, and and I think I did open up actually after some time, I did open up about binge eating. I think you even have a transformation photo that I posted when I was trying to get through this binge eating that was like, um, after a binge three and then it was a picture of my physique and then it was like three days after that and it was like my physique coming back down to normal and like how I was feeling and whatnot um but it is it's that accountability partner and that's why these communities like Instagram and other big social platforms are great for people because maybe you are someone that feels alone and you don't have someone that you can relate to and that's the beauty of the social media so you know we talk about the negatives and whatnot but, but there's, there's a lot of very really good, good positives yeah and that's how you know Absolutely. that's how I got through a lot of my stuff was just to put it out there on the internet and so you know it, it does it's just it's like that little diary um, mm-hmm. so it's really really great and it, Yes, I could yeah. go on for another two yeah, hours, but I, I do know. think we. <laughs> I know we have, have one. There's just one more question that I think is really good because I think this is something that people struggle with a lot too. Um, so I'm going to keep this under like five minutes. This last little bit, but somebody said, "How do you get out of the mentality?" And this is in quotes. If I don't track it, it doesn't count. Okay. So is anybody else, has anybody else dealt with that? Like, it's like calories don't count if the food is broken. Okay. (laughs) So, so have you, yeah, you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, okay, I'll just have a bite. I'll just have another bite. And so how does, how do we stop that from turning into like way more bites and then like throwing the whole day away? So what do you do with somebody that is like, okay, well I had some nibbles here and there and then I just gave up and threw the day away. What do you say? Well, you know, and I, I, I always say, you know what, whether you track or not, your body is the accountability of your behaviors, whatever it is. And, and it, and so when you think about that, whether you track it or not, you'll know, you'll know. And and, and tracking is, you know, tracking is that tool and you can decide to use it or not, but I think this ties pretty nicely into the intuitive eating because um, one of the the beauties of intuitive eating, and you can you truly can. I I love macros because they're a beautiful tool. They are just the absolute greatest tool for anybody who's trying to figure out, you know, what's in food, what foods make up, you know, carbs, proteins, and fats, yada yada yada. What foods can I eat to be in my calorie goal to maintain a healthy a healthy weight or to reach my goals and whatnot. Um, but if you can, you know, mix and mash this intuitive eating with this macro tracking, you'll be able to to realize that just because maybe your carb goal is 175, if you need a little bit of extra fuel and you have 207 grams of carbs that day, it's, it's not the end of the world. The, sometimes the body needs a little bit more food and sometimes the body needs a little bit less food. So not not falling into that, okay, well this is this is like this is it. This is the this is my cutoff and then that's when people start to feel that that restriction and um, I guess that feeling of being like locked in a cage. So then they rebel and then they wildly overeat. So you have to remember that if if you don't track it, it, it yeah, you didn't track it. Still but it still counts. And so if you can, if like I said, if you can mix and mash that, um, mix and match is that 
Am I saying that wrong? Mix and... No, mix and match. Yeah. Shake and bake. I don't know. Um, we've been talking for hours. <laughs> I'm going a little going a little crazy. Um, but if you can kind of put those two together um, and realize that, you know, not to be confined by numbers, but also to be able to listen to the body um, and also keep in mind what your, what your health goals are, um, you should be okay uh, avoiding those binge eating habits because you kind of take the stress out of it and you put a little bit more of that science and a little bit more of that intuition into the mix. Um, and then you have, you know, this healthy, happy, like cake batter, you know, brownie Absolutely. batter. Absolutely. And I think that if, again, the intuitive eating is a great place for people want to focus in on uh, being in tune with how your body feels, uh, how your body works, but maybe are not in a real sort of physique manipulation phase. Other yeah. than you can, you can decide you're just going to eat a little bit less and, and you will if you're under your calorie total, spoiler your body is alert, going... Guys, spoiler alert, guys. This will be the next podcast we do on intuitive eating because we're yeah. totally Oops. getting into intuitive okay. eating. I'm so stopping. We're going to... Yeah, we, there, was, there was your little preview. You know how they do that in TV shows? Like on next week's episode. So that's what you guys just got. And we're going to wrap it up because this has been an hour and 15 minutes of pure gold. And I just want to say thank you for listening and thank you for, because you already did this, of course, you already took a screenshot and shared that you were listening to this and that you were loving it. Um, and I just want to say also thank you to Jules for being a fabulous co-host um, and fueling the conversation with lots of knowledge and experience and just good insight. Well, thank you, Al. This is I. We have a blast uh, talking together to you about this, and uh, I am blessed with this amazing oh. business partner. And of course, she's yeah, my daughter. Okay. So, oh, yay! Compliments are flowing in. So, thank you guys so much. We hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we will catch you in next week's episode which actually will not be intuitive eating that will be the week after i'm doing a solo episode next week because i'm getting my hair done next tuesday sorry jules i didn't tell you that yet but next week's episode will be a story time uh, solo episode what am i gonna do on we... tuesday oh my goodness you can come <laughs> let my dog out or something so anyway hope you guys have a fabulous day um and we will catch you in the next one bye